The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. In the post-holiday haze that we find ourselves in these days, things can easily slip by unnoticed. After we build ourselves up to Christmas and the celebration of a new calendar year, it's easy to miss an important day in the life of the church. I'm speaking of Epiphany, a principal festival in the church calendar, and it always, every year, falls on January 6th because... The season of Christmas always extends for the 12 days following December 25th, which makes Epiphany always January 6th. But because the 6th of January doesn't always fall on a Sunday, it often ends up on one of the other six days of the week when we're really not accustomed to gathering together. Epiphany was yesterday. It's the feast of three kings or wise men or magi or whichever of those you prefer. Epiphany is a word that literally means manifestation. And it concludes the Christmas season with a celebration of God's glory revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. The readings today were from Epiphany, and they remind us of God's glory being made known to all nations and all peoples. Like the light of that star that guided the Magi to Jesus, the light of Christ reveals who we are, children of God, who are claimed and washed in the waters of baptism. We are sent out to be beacons of the light of Christ, sharing the good news of God's love to all people. As the story goes, the Magi show up, traveling from afar and bearing gifts. I always love to draw attention to the verbs in this passage from Matthew 2. The Magi saw the star. They were overwhelmed. They entered They saw the child, they knelt, 
They paid homage. They opened. They offered gifts. Those verbs are interesting because they're the same actions that we are called to as disciples of Jesus. Like the Magi, we are drawn to the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in and among us and seeing the Spirit's movement and signs. We become overwhelmed and we enter the worship and fellowship of the community of God's people. It's here that we see Christ in the face of each other, in the words of the gospel as they're proclaimed, and in the sacred actions of water and bread and wine. Among these actions, we're humbled to kneel and to pay our homage of worship to God. And by our worship, we are spiritually opened up into new creatures called to new ways of living and being as we leave the old ways of the world behind. In thanksgiving, we offer our praise and our worship and our gifts. Just like the Magi, we come to worship, seeking God and bearing our gifts. But there's more to Epiphany. Perhaps most key of all are the Magi themselves. They represent something important in this story. The Magi were not really kings. They were astrologers. Many scholars believe the Magi to be Zoroastrian priests, which was an ancient Iranian religion that goes back 2,000 years before Christ, characterized by their belief in a never-ending battle between good and evil. Ultimately, this battle between good and evil is played out in every choice made by their adherents. Now, here's the implication I don't want you to miss. Jesus was brought gifts by people who were following a comet in the sky, who were emissaries of a foreign, non-Jewish religion. Which highlights something that Matthew's gospel is trying to say throughout the story. Jesus is the savior of the entire world. Not just the Jewish world, not just the Christian world. Jesus is for everyone, even those we least expect. From the very beginning of Jesus' story, we are brought to realize that even while he's still a toddler, making laps around Mary's knees, the whole world is recognizing that God has opened the story to them. It's not just for the religious few. The religion that God desires isn't something you even have to be born into. Nor is it something that's geographically rooted and anchored to Jerusalem. Nor is it only for those who speak a particular language. What God desires isn't really anything like a religion at all. It's a way of being. Embodied love. Incarnate joy. Joy over abundant life and God's grace. This new life is so good that we can't keep it to ourselves. The whole world must know. That's the story of Epiphany. It points outward and asks the question, who do we need to tell? Yesterday was the Feast of Epiphany. Today, our church celebrates baptism of our Lord. 
But because they're both important, today we mash up these two occasions and remember them together. And that works because they're both epiphanies. They both are manifestations of God's presence in Jesus. If we fast forward through epiphany and through the days of young toddler Jesus, it takes us to Mark 1, where John, who was the child of Elizabeth, relative of Mary, is now an adult, baptizing people out in the Judean wilderness. And Jesus makes his way down from Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Notice the setting and the location of Jesus' baptism. By John in the Judean wilderness. That's an important detail because it's another validation of something we've already discovered about the nature of God's story. The God of infinite glory is born as Jesus and enters the human experience as a frail, vulnerable baby. And the angels deliver the news to shepherds, the lowest working class, and they hear the news first. And when the spiritual leaders figure this out, it isn't the Jewish priests or the temple authorities who notice first. It's the magi, astrologers from a foreign religion in a different country. And when Jesus is baptized, it doesn't happen in Jerusalem or any other central populated location. It is out in the wilderness withdrawn from established social systems. You see the pattern? God works and moves and speaks and is revealed repeatedly to those who are on the outside. So why would we expect it to be any different today? God is perhaps being revealed Somewhere out there. And we, who are named and claimed by God's love, in the same baptismal waters of Jesus, we should ponder, where is God appearing today? Amen.